Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. During the Easter season, we often hear some words being mentioned. What do they mean? Clarity is the foundation of purpose. If we are unclear, it will negatively affect our understanding of the gospel. But if we are clear, then our doctrine is sound and we can properly grow in grace. We have looked at six of them so far, so let's continue with a few more today. Number seven, atonement. What is it? Atonement was coined in the 16th century and it literally means at one moment to be at one or to be reconciled or be in harmony with someone. Therefore, it means to make amends, blotting out the offense and giving satisfaction for the wrong done so that justice is properly and righteously served. And there can now be forgiveness and reconciliation between the offender and the offended. In the New Testament, atonement speaks specifically of Jesus Christ on the cross being punished in our place to make possible the restoration of fellowship between us and God. Because of this, his work is called his atoning work and his death, his atoning death. Next, propitiation. Now, what is it? Propitiation is the satisfaction and appeasement of God's wrath, which means God's righteous anger is quenched. We say that the death of Jesus on the cross, the atonement of Christ, propitiated God. Now, isn't it too severe? Why must a loving, gracious God be so angry at sin? Those who raise this objection have failed to understand or consider the seriousness of sin or the holiness of God. There are three parts to God's moral nature. He is love, He is holy, and his truth. As a holy God, he's infinitely pure and perfect. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 says, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Holiness cannot coexist with sin. God's holiness must necessarily oppose sin. He cannot come to terms with it. As such, wrath and judgment are the only proper responses of holiness to evil. The only proper response. If God is not fully moral, holy, or righteous, immediately He ceases to be God and the whole universe will be thrown into chaos. On the cross, God the Father totally poured out His necessary wrath against sin upon His Son. The beautiful truth is that whatever is poured out cannot be gathered again. What is spent is finished. God's wrath is fully quenched. Our debt to sin was paid in full. Jesus' work to save us from the penalty of sin was finished on the cross once and for all. Next, expiation. What is it? Expiation is not a Bible word but its truth is totally biblical. It means to cover sin, 
to cancel sin or to cleanse sin. This accurately describes what Jesus did on our behalf. Through His atoning work on the cross, the guilt of sin was expiated. Believers are no longer liable to eternal punishment. We are now delivered from the penalty and the power of sin. And one day when we are in heaven, we'll be delivered from the presence of sin. Number 10, the next one, penal substitution. Now, this is a very major doctrine embraced by majority of Christians. Now, what is it? Penal substitution means that Jesus' death on the cross is the sacrifice offered in payment as the penalty for our sins. Penal means for the penalty of punishment. On the cross, Jesus was our substitute and he took the punishment on our behalf. As a result, God's justice is satisfied. And those who accept Christ can be forgiven and reconciled to God. Penal substitution is biblical because the concept is based on the animal sacrifices in the Garden of Eden, Passover, Tabernacle, the Temple, and Israel's Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. God, in His love, wants to forgive us. I mean, why would He create us? Only to destroy us. It just doesn't make sense. But to forgive us, He must do it righteously in a way that is consistent with His holiness and justice. So the guilty must still be judged. But there's no way a sinner can both be penalized and pardoned. To receive the divine pardon, a substitute must be punished on our behalf. No human qualifies to be that substitute because everyone has sinned and could scarcely bear the weight of his or her own sin. So Jesus Christ willingly volunteered to become man so that he could die and be condemned in our place. In this way, sin could still be judged and fallen humans can be forgiven. This is the only way mankind can be saved. So this is penal substitution because a substitute was penalized and punished on our behalf. Next, the blood of Jesus. What is it? In the Bible, blood means life. So the shedding of blood means the giving of one's life. And on the cross, Jesus really bled to death and became our sacrifice. His desire to be our penal substitute was not empty boasting. He really did die in our place to reconcile us back to God the Father. Therefore, the blood of Jesus is synonymous with His death on the cross. To say I have faith in His blood is the same as saying, I have faith in his death for me. What's more, in the Old Testament, blood was needed to seal a covenant. Jesus' blood is the seal for the new covenant. On the night before he went to the cross, Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. The new covenant is the promise that God will forgive all our sins and restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned toward Him. He will give us a new heart and a new spirit 
and He will make our hearts pliable and write His law on our hearts. He will give us the indwelling Holy Spirit to empower us to walk in righteousness and in true holiness. When we talk about the blood of Jesus Christ, it is a reminder that this promise has been fulfilled. We are completely forgiven and cleansed by Jesus. Praise the Lord. God bless.